You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Hello and thanks for tuning in. My name is Chris Kirkwood and in today's episode of the Source Property Podcast, I'm joined by an estate agent and social media marketing expert, Ben Moore. Ben will be sharing some insights into the best practices for social media marketing during the pandemic and he'll also share how the lockdown has affected his property business. So thanks for joining me, Ben. And could you start with introducing yourself and giving our listeners some more background information about yourself, please? My name is Ben Moore. I'm the one with the beard. I'm an estate agent working in the Fylde Coast. So I've been working in this space now on and off, but fairly consistently in property for about a decade or so. So fresh out of university, got my degree in sport and exercise, very quickly realized I wasn't going to hit my salary ambitions working in that space, at least not that time. And I dabbled in sort of proper sales, like door-to-door telecom sales through uni to kind of pay for the tequila and the baked beans uh, going through that process. So when I was looking for a job, I thought, but you know what? I fancy a bit of sales. I can earn some commission. I'm going to follow that route. I lived with my mum. She was driving me crazy. I needed to make enough money to pay rent. So I ended up just stumbling into property. I just Googled graduate trainee programs in sales. And the first one to pop up was an estate agent and uh, moved quite quickly through the ranks to the point where after a couple of years, I was managing the office of SMEs. I was kind of taking care of everything from lead generation through to completion, all the training, recruitment, everything. So quite early on, literally within two years of starting, I uh, launched my own business. And cut a long story short, I've repeatedly grown, scaled, and exited startup businesses in the property space. And that's exactly what I've got now. But the operation that I'm running at the minute, um, it's kind of a very boutique, very bespoke, service-driven kind of quality over quantity type model. Whereas all my businesses before were based around world domination. Let's get as many listings as we can, boards in every street, try and take over the planet. Whereas I don't know if it's my age, the fact that I've got children or I value work-life balance better than what I once did. But our model now is very much geared towards looking after 10 to 15 units, charging a sensible fee for a great service. That gives me a good work-life balance and allows me to kind of hit my salary expectations whilst working with people that I choose to work with. So at this point in my life, that's very much the model that works for me. I cater for clients exclusively on the filed coast, so in and around the area where I live. And we only deal with residential property. We don't do lettings, we don't do commercial. So it's quite kind of niche in terms of who we cater for. But yeah, that's that's my business in a nutshell that's where i'm up to and that's a a brief bio of my experience (laughs) and you also do social media right in that same space so you've got like a social media i I guess consultancy agency i'm a massive fan of social first content i think it's so important in today's market with the way customers consume information the way we learn the way we discover brands and you know we make purchase decisions not just in property but in any world so i think any business whether you sell tic tacs or whether you sell property or everything in between i think you need to have some kind of grasp on your content on social media and that's been a huge focus for me on a personal level trying to build my personal brand alongside my corporate brand if you will so yeah I'm a big advocate of social media I do consultancy work with other business owners to kind of help them with their strategy and um, whether it be around content ideas creating content managing the channels exploring the ins and outs of different channels like obviously we've done with source so yeah social media is a big part of my strategy for my business but something that I'm quite quick to kind of put forward to other business owners because I think a lot of people understand that social media is important we understand that as consumers ourselves whether we love it or hate we're spending more time glued to social media it's just the way the world is at the moment but we don't always take advantage of that and position ourselves and our brands and our businesses as well as what we could in order to really capitalize hack that authority and grow our business so yeah my other kind of side hustle is to help people with their social media channels so the first question would be how do you think this lockdown and this coronavirus this restriction on movement has affected your competitors 
your competitors first, because then later on I want to get into what you've done and how that differs from what your competitors have done. But, you know, under that property umbrella, you've got social media marketing, you've got your estate agency. In those two areas, how do you think it's affected your competitors? Yeah, well, I guess in the same way it's affected me, really. You know, we're all in the same space. So they've obviously found themselves in a position where literally overnight we were told you're no longer allowed to do face-to-face appointments, you can't do valuations, you can't do take-ons, you can't accommodate viewings, which has been a real fly in the ointment for everyone. So everyone's kind of found themselves in this position where business as we know it has had the brakes applied and it's kind of a case of we've had to adapt very very quickly but for me i know you made the distinction there between the business itself and social media for me especially at this time the two go hand in hand and what i've noticed a lot from my competitors not even just my competitors but agents kind of across the whole country what i think people have failed to do chris is to adapt properly to the situation that we find ourselves in and by that i mean they're not understanding the shift in the mindset of the consumer so literally overnight you could have went to bed on on, on Sunday evening and sent out a post that was perfectly acceptable about how great you are or about the successes that you've got or the offers that you've got going on or whatever it is, your normal content that you'd normally be producing. Then literally overnight, the customer wakes up with this bombshell that the world's just changed. And suddenly we're not in a frame of mind where we want to know about success stories. We want to know about offers. We don't want to know how great your business is. What we do want is answers. We want value. We want comfort. And what we've really had to do, sorry to kind of skip onto your next question, I guess, but the biggest pivot that we've made is to kind of tilt the shift completely in the content we've been producing and try and be appropriate for the times and the situation that we all find ourselves in, where a lot of my competitors I'm seeing I've carried banging the same drum, talking about all the success stories. I've recently sold this. We're amazing. We've achieved that. We've won that award. And what I've found is speaking to other agents that I consult with through social media, they've reported back to me and said they've seen some of their agents not just have their message fall on deaf ears. They've actually crossed that boundary and offended people because people are that taken aback by seeing this inappropriate content with so much going on in the world that they've actually done damage to their brand. So I think that's the biggest realization for me through this whole thing. Uh, We've had to really adapt and kind of be dynamic in terms of how the consumer's mindset has shifted and where we fit as part of that puzzle. And that's what you've done. And I think for, I mean, we could go into minute detail on this because I love the aspect of social media. It's how I got my, a lot of breaks that I've had in over the last 10 years. But would you say it's been obvious which of those estate agents have got like um, scheduled posts for the next three or four weeks. And it's all about the stuff that they've done. And they can think about, you know, it's not documenting as much as taking that step back and looking at social media as, well, it's a bit of a pain in the ass to keep managing this social media process. Let's just set it all up and let have it running in the background. Whereas the ones like yourself who are much more engaged and are documenting what's going on from day to day, they're the ones that have pivoted much more quickly and have actually gained out of it instead of damaging their brand, like you say. Absolutely, mate. And I mean, I've got nothing against, you know, scheduling tools. I think as part of your busy, normal routine, day to day, week to week, you need to make time for social media. And if a scheduling tool helps you get that content in, then all power to you. But you need to make those adjustments. So when we find ourselves in this situation, when the consumer's mind and the world that we live in is changing so drastically from one week to the next, I think it's important, like you said, really to have your finger on the pulse and be able to kind of change for the times and again, be appropriate to your market. So you're not alienating them with rubbish that would have been relevant four weeks ago but no longer was appropriate so i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit now because you said that you've got posts where an agent saying how good they are you know what award they won and all of that kind of stuff and you said that your pivot was to then start to reassure people and comfort people that everything's going to go ahead as normal that there are ways forward so what would that post look like in comparison to the braggy sort of post that might have come out before so how would you go about reassuring people through a social media post what did you do 
So for me, video has always been a big part of that strategy, not just because of COVID-19, but just generically, I'm a huge fan of video. Not to go into the weeds too much and pull away from what you've asked, but obviously it's important to the algorithm of Facebook. They want to retain the consumer's attention on their platform for as long as possible, and video is their way of doing that. So your message is always going to land, in my opinion, and there's a time and a place for all types of content, but video, first and foremost, has definitely got its merits. So I think that by utilizing and really harnessing the power of video to get your message across, I think it makes you relatable. I think it brings customers that see your value and click with you and resonate with you and sort of understand you as an individual. It brings those people into your ecosystem who are going to get value from what you've got to say. And those people, coffee's not everyone's cup of tea, right? So some people aren't going to like what you say. Some people are going to think you're an idiot or they're not going to value your message. Those people will be repelled. So video, first and foremost, is a good filtering system to make sure that whatever it is that you are saying, it's connecting with someone who wants to hear it. In terms of delivering the message, I looked at it thinking about my, again, not to go too deep with this, but thinking about my avatar, who are they? What does their lifestyle look like? How many children do they have? What job have they got? Have they been furloughed? They're now working from home. Are they business owners? Have they got, are they likely to have young children, grown up children? So I'm making content, not even to do with property, Chris, I'm talking about um, four great resources for homeschooling to make sure that your child's education is disrupted to a minimum. Tips for controlling the household budget, how to make sure your children don't go through copious amounts of food. Here's a, you know, a, an example meal plan for a home tuck shop. Just little things like this. It's just thinking out the box and thinking what issues, what dramas, what obstacles has your avatar got at the moment that it might not be your job to fix. If you're an estate agent, my job's to sell houses, right? But it's my job to be there for the community and add value. And if my content can help fill that void and add value to someone's life or just quite simply put a smile on someone's face, then for me, that's good content marketing. And what that does for your brand is it shows you as somebody who's understanding, who's sympathetic, who's up to date with current events. You know, they've got their fingers completely on the pulse and they understand that individual. Even if you never met that individual, that person then has an idea about walking up to see you and shake your hand for the first time, that this is an empathetic person that's going to understand my situation and therefore going to understand what I need to achieve out of selling my house. For example, I know it's like a really kind of overused phrase about people by people, but again, it just allows you to actually be a person, not to be a logo that no one knows what's behind or someone who's arrogant or out of touch with, you know, how they work as humans. So just to be able to bring those corporate barriers down and like you say, establish that trust. It's so powerful for your reputation and for business. And understanding that sort of the subconscious messages that are in that overt message. I think that's the real key to using social media and getting the best out of social media. You know, understanding that I can post something that's completely unrelated. However, in reflection to what it does to my brand, it's just a positive thing. Yeah. So what are you expecting out of the next couple of months? What do you think it's... Because obviously we've seen things turn around in the last, what, week or so with, you know, the difference in buy-to-let mortgages. There seems to be a lot more confidence coming back in. Numbers of inquiries have gone up. What are you expecting from the next two months? I'm fairly positive overall. I mean, I'm always quite optimistic anyway, so I hope it's not just me living on cloud nine, but I am quite optimistic about what lies ahead. I've read a few reports online about people predicting huge crashes and nightmares and repeats of 0708. I just don't see that myself. What I think is likely to happen, I think realistically, we're not going to get ourselves in a position, whatever the stats say, I don't think we're going to find ourselves in a position where everyone's like, can we arrange a block viewing? Can you come and value my house straight? I I think there's going to be an adjustment period before people feel comfortable in going back 
to something that resembles normality. I yeah. think naturally business will pick up and you will get people saying, can you come and value my house? Can we discuss the market? You know, can we do normal business? But I think the bell curve is going to show a bit of hesitancy and we're going to see, I think, quite a slow quarter three. But I do think that, like you've just mentioned, the fact that stats are right there improving, the fact that confidence is being restored, the fact that interest rates on mortgages are so low. Beyond all that, the reality is the world still turns. So people who needed to downsize still need to downsize. People who needed to upsize still need to upsize. They've put those plans on pause, but inevitably that motivation will take over and they will need to pull the trigger at some stage. So I think we're still going to see that stock come through and that's going to be paired with a good solid appetite from the market because of interest rates. And I think those two kind of pair together give us the right ingredients to make sure that whilst we might see a short-term dip in activity and transaction levels are going to fall through the floor, let's face it, over the course of the year, I think that we're going to recover from that quite smoothly. And I think towards the end of the year and certainly into next year, we should be on a good track. Because bear in mind, before this happened, 2020 was a dream. Like the figures were just going, like it was one of the best starts we've had to the year ever. And typically this has happened now, which is a bit of a fly in the ointment, but nothing that we can't recover from, in my opinion. So have you done anything to try and uh, prepare yourself for, you know, Q3, Q4 and then Q1 of next year? Like I said at the start, we we run quite a boutique operation anyway. So thankfully, we're not reliant on volume. So if I was heavily reliant on, oh my God, we need to feed the machine, generate this many leads, we can't afford to have a 20% dip in listings and we've got staff and all this stuff. I, I don't thankfully have those headaches. So because we only deal with a small volume anyway, typically, Chris, the portfolio is ever only really around 12 units as an average. We don't really have to plan to that level because I've backed myself to be able to find 12 vendors who buy into me enough to take one of those seats in my portfolio. But to answer your question about, I guess, what's coming up in the next couple of months, we made some very deliberate changes with our marketing. So I stopped sending direct mail, just didn't feel appropriate. We hand deliver a lot of stuff as well, which again, unnecessary travel didn't really send the right message subliminally so we stopped all that stuff social media pulled back all the adverts we took away all gated content we took away all conversion pages like where we had to take people's data again it didn't feel right to lead with value expecting to take so that just didn't sit well some people have been doing it and you know i'm not saying you're a bad person if you've been doing that but it just didn't feel right for my strategy so it's been very much all geared around brand awareness trying to put a smile on people's faces. Bizarrely, some of the most popular content that I've built over the last couple of weeks has been like a weekly dad joke. So I'm taking the dog on a walk and I just do a quick 30 second, oh my God, that was a crappy joke type video. And I've been getting loads of engagement and page likes from the local community as a result of that content. Again, allowing people into my personality and bringing people into my ecosystem. So that's worked quite well. But I feel as if the tide's shifting slightly and feel as if whilst we're still in a terrible, uncertain situation, I feel as if there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're not as shocked. We're not as mortified. We're not as distracted by coronavirus as what we was a fortnight ago. So I think that now, this week, we're going to get back out with making touch points for the market. Nothing too heavy, nothing too salesy, nothing too pushy. Just a quick, hey, give me a call about your property. We can talk about the market, give my predictions about what's going to happen. Just try and leave with a bit of value. But we're going to try and open those doors. So once we do get back to a stage where we can potentially start listing again, that groundwork's been put in and we've got a bit of a springboard to jump from once again we get back to some degree of normality. So we've just tried to be strategic in where we're spending our money, what message we're sending and when we scale up those marketing efforts. But we are scaling up those marketing efforts now slowly. Thinking about this from a perspective in like six months time, when we're firmly in that recovery, a good degree of normality has come back. What lesson do you think you'll have learned from this whole lockdown, the whole coronavirus restriction? In all honesty, on on a personal level, I think I'd, not to blow my own trumpet, but 
I take a lot out of the fact that I would have thought that something like this would have just shook me to my core and made me like pull my hair out and be like really making a big drama of it and being really worried. But whilst it's not all been smooth sailing and of course you have days where you're worrying, you think the worst and whatnot. I think overall I've been quite chilled, quite relaxed. I think commercially I've handled the situation, I think quite well. We've built more strong relationships with the market. I've got more people messaging me in the local market through Facebook for business inquiries than ever before through content. I've spent a lot of time with my children, my partner, harnessing those relationships. So I've took tons from it on a personal level. So I think I'll look back and be quite happy about how we've kind of navigated this wave. I think from a humanitarian point of view, I think it's been brilliant to see people coming out in numbers to help and support people less fortunate so you know whilst this is a terrible situation and there's a lot to feel negative about I think there's a lot of positives that we can take from it as well and a lot of good things that we can focus on and a lot of strength that we can draw from this situation to help us all moving forward so the positives are definitely something that I think are going to stick with me for a long time Chris. So if people want to find out where you post your content, learn a little bit more about your agency, especially if they're in your area, where should they go to find that information? Yeah, so the tag is Bender's Property on Instagram and on Facebook. So if you search Bender's Property, you'll find all my pages through there. You can find me on LinkedIn, Ben Moore, the one with the beard. Always happy to connect and chat to whoever, uh, whoever wants to pick my brains. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Really appreciate your time, Ben. Thanks very much. No, I really appreciate your time, Chris. Good to talk to you, mate.